Yes, I can see you. Hi, everyone. My name is Wanda, and I'm the podcast, uh, Salty Coffee Podcast CEO and founder. And today we're going to interview for the first time um, Francis Gutierrez. I met Francis online, um, bumped into her, and we started a new venture that I would have never thought that I would have um started but she's been empowering me and i'm very proud of how she we're going to change the word empower me to do better because she knows um she has this ability of being able to see the good in other people and see their potential and i'm very excited about interviewing her so that she could tell her story to you all today and then um we can learn something today sunday at 10 o'clock <laughs> so francis how are you today i am doing very good good um just tell us a little bit about how you and i met and a little summary of who you are Okay, um, I met Wanda through Facebook and I invited her to one of my team parties. And from there we've been friends and from there she actually decided to join my team. And my name is Frances Gutierrez. They call me Panchi or Banchi Love. I'm 43 years old with four daughters. Um, my oldest is 23, her name is Jamal. My second oldest is Cassandra, and the two youngest are Annabella, who's seven, and Leila, who's five. Great. So, so you have a big gap between your oldest and your youngest. Yeah. So give us a little, give us a little history about like where you were born, okay. what schools you went to, what city you were from, where you're at now. Okay, I was born in in Manhattan, actually, and raised in the Bronx. I also was raised in Boqueron, Puerto Rico, and um, Ponce. I spent most of my time in Puerto Rico with my grandparents or my godmother, who lived in Boqueron, and my grandparents on my mom's side in Ponce. Um, I went to school in the Bronx, Catholic school. It was Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart Grammar School, if I'm not mistaken, is on Nelson Avenue. Um, I went there up from first to eighth grade. Then I went to high school, all girls school, which was a Guanyas high school from nine to eleven. And then my dad received a job as a super in Manhattan, one fifteen West Eighty Sixth Street. And I went to Martin Luther King High School there. So just for for the folks who are from Ecuador, from Dominican Republic, from Puerto Rico just so that they're aware that these areas are in New York State. Yes, in so, New York. Yeah, okay. So when you went to those schools um, as an Afro-Latina woman, or whatever you consider yourself, because some people say I'm Puerto Rican, I'm Puerto Rican, tell us a little bit about what it felt like to know your culture raised in, in Manhattan, which is, to a lot of people, a place of the elites, the rich and the wealthy. Tell us about back then how it was living there for you. Well, 
I lived all my life in the Bronx. Then when we moved to um, Manhattan, it's a totally different place because it was it, it was a good neighborhood. Um, especially I lived between Central Park and Columbus, so there it it was different. Everybody was friendly because they knew that I was the super's daughter and everybody. I got to meet a lot of celebrities, especially in such a park, Madonna, you name it. I got to see a lot of that stuff. But I always stayed humble. No matter what, I stayed humble. And, you know, I had a lot of friends. We got to go to Aspen. Growing up, um, for my sweet 16, I didn't want a party. I ended up going to Aspen. So it, it was it was different compared to where I grew up and then coming to an area that, you know, predominantly is Caucasian, I have fun. It's like, I stayed humble. So your experiences in schools, you had mentioned in one of our meetings that you um, were enrolled in private school. Yes, that's correct. How, how do you see that um, with your friends and other families who weren't able to do that, or even today, how do you see that um, change and what could you do today? What do you feel that you can do today for your daughters that you wish you, something that you had back then that you wish you could do for your daughters today? I wish I could put my daughters in private school, but unfortunately, private school is really expensive. Um, the whole thing is private school setting. I know public. There's some public schools that are good, and there's some public schools that aren't. It's not about the kids. It's about the teachers. I mean, it's not even about the building. It's more about the teachers and the students that go there. And the whole thing with public school, there's a lot of gang violence, and that's where it lies. And you know, and some of the teachers are just, you know, I'm a teacher. Some of them are just fed up. They try to give it their all. They're doing the best that they can. But it's kind of hard when a, when a student disrespects you and call you names and treats you different. In a private school setting, they don't think you as a number. They know you by name. They know every single person in the building. And they treat you with respect. I'm not knocking the public school system down because I'm not. But, you know, it's, it's two different things. That's the whole problem. Between back then and now, you um, had mentioned a little bit about um, when you did end up having to leave private school when you went to high school. How, how did that work out for you? And how did you feel at that time? Where, where did you see your future? What what emotions did you have going into a public school environment from there? Well, the whole thing is with the public school. When I went to Martin Luther King, I kind of felt awkward. One, there was metal detectors, <laughs> because I've never seen a metal detector. Um, and it was my last year of senior, so I made it fun. I didn't let it get to me, but yes, there was a lot of gang rallies. That was when the Latin Kings were coming out and the Latin Queens, they were recruiting a lot of people from from the public schools. Pretty much, it all depends the willpower of a of a child or as me. You know, my 
I'm not gonna get into something I don't want to get into. I focused on one that I needed to do, and I got out. And went to college and co-started. You know, I just started doing stuff on my own. But the whole thing is, I didn't let it get to me. Yeah, it's metal detectors. It is what it is. But I didn't let it get to me, and I'm not gonna let it get to me. So. It's just a normal experience. I joined clubs because I was, you know, I was always in baseball, color guard, um, actually softball, not softball, color guard, for time twirling and everything. Um, that's something I actually say that you could do. And with that said, you had, um, it seems like you had already your mindset. What influenced you to go into the Coast Guard around that time? I just wanted to get out of New York. I wanted to come to the new experience and, and half of my family, they military. Okay. So um, half of them are in the military and everything. So it's just, that's what it was. Okay. If you need to share, the, the podcast, go ahead. Huh? If you need to share, go ahead. They all, they all texting me right now. I'm about to. Yeah, because now I see one viewer. Um, yeah. It was zero viewers at one point. Hold on, I'm going to. Feel free to share, go ahead. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That's fine. Um, while you do that, um, I want to let people know that Francis and I um, just met and we hit it off really good. Hi everyone, welcome. It's repeating. Yeah, it's repeating because I'm doing it on the phone. Everybody's like texting me. I'm like, okay, hopefully they'll be. Okay. And they stop. <laughs> so with the Coast Guard, with the Coast Guard, um, while you were there, what was your experience there as a woman and a woman of color? I loved it. It was just, I loved the poker. It was fun. It was something on new assignment. Unfortunately, I was medically discharged um, due to the fact because I got into a car, ca um, car accident really bad. And I was, at that time when I got into it, I couldn't walk, but it was fun and everything. So what was that experience? It was, remember, I'm a female and then going into a male dominant environment, it was hard, but I did not back down because I was raised by three beautiful women, my mom, Eva, my grandmother, Eva, and my Adrina, Titi, I had it both. I had her as both of both worlds. Um, Iva, and they told me never let a man tell you what to do. Always be dependent. Never depend on a man because the day that he leaves, how you you need something to fall back. So pretty much, I actually when I was in the Coca Car, I enjoyed it. Yes, I got my butt kicked several times with the push-ups, sit-ups, you name it. But yes, it's a male-dominant world, but 
I was I didn't care. It just I went up against the man and I made sure that, you know, I would focus and did what I needed to do. And I and I showed them that I could actually do the same thing that they could do. And with with that, um, how did you feel that after the accident you had to leave? Like how did how, how I got depressed. I really did get depressed, unfortunately, but you know, things happen. And who was there to like really support you? And who my you mom, my best friend Mario, you know, it's just, you did know. You I, have, did you have your daughter around this time or no? I had Samel at that time. Oh. Samel was young when I went. When I went. And how was that raising your daughter by, by you know? You know, my mom actually raised her because when you're in the military and you got to go to boot camp, somebody has to stay with her. So, you know, um, unfortunately, I missed out a lot when it came to her, but I was always there. I was always traveling back home. Um, when I stayed, when I was in Texas, I stayed probably two or three years and then I left. So I was there when she started going to um, his school and stuff like that. So explain a little bit about how you transitioned from Texas and then what happened after the Well, well it's a funny story when it came from Texas. It was, I, I never seen a tornado in my life and I lived in McKinney and it, it was, I was smack then, McKinney, McKinney was known as Tornado Alley, but the end of Tornado Alley. And I seen my first um, tornado. I panicked, like any normal person. I'm from New York, and you don't see this stuff when, you, when you're in New York. We used to rain hurricanes and, and um, hurricanes and snowstorms. So it's like, okay, uh, you know, a tornado is a whole different, a whole different mother nature, natural disaster. When I seen it, I'm like, when they're telling us, oh, we got to evacuate, hide, and, and all this stuff, I'm like, I started calling my brother, and I started calling my mom, I'm leaving you my door, I'm leaving you my computer, I'm leaving you this. And then when everything was over, a month later, I just left. I couldn't. I, I, left everything behind and I just came back home. It just I was like, no, because I'm not used to tornadoes. I'm not used to I'm not a <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the tornado that made you leave Texas. Oh yes it was. It was a tornado. <laughs> it was a tornado. I was like eh, eh. I'm not you know because I'm used to hurricanes. I've been through Hurricane Hugo. I've been through Hurricane George. I've been through so many so many natural disasters. And snowstorms. I've been stuck on the train. I've been blackout. But when you see a funnel forming in and then it's lifting up cars, oh, just like no, this is not good for me. So with with that, when that happened, how was your transition into? Did you come back to New York or you were? Yeah, I, I went back to the Bronx and it was. It was like I never left. Okay. But it was it was like that you never left because your family was there to support you. Yeah, my family was there to support me and also because due to the fact I'm a New Yorker, so we are like comedians. We adapt to anything. And you should know that because we're we're from New York. 
so it's like we could adapt to anything move move quick yeah move 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 quick that that's like where every state i live in i could adapt it to it quick it'll take me a couple of weeks and i adapt to it and um so when you came back to the bronx you're with your baby your um physical therapy because you're you're active yeah um how long did it take you to snap back up because it took me four months it took me four months, you know, between physical therapy and everything else. It took me four months to get where I needed to be. Um, I started working at MTV as an executive assistant. And I was there for, oh my God, 10, 11, 12 years before they closed down the department. And then that's how I ended up going into teaching. I started as an after school for the Boy Scouts. No, Cub Scouts of America. And then I start. Um, I got a job offer in Norwalk as a teacher day. And from there, I just started going up as a teacher assistant. And this is still in New York? No, actually it started from New York and then they transitioned into Connecticut. Once oh. I transitioned to Connecticut, I decided to move out here with my husband. Okay. And so we had spoken about your children and the age gap. How do you compare, not compare, but how do you see what you were able to do with your oldest versus what you're able to do now with your younger? With my oldest, I didn't get to be there as much, but with Cassandra, yes. Um, and with Annabella and Layla, their dad was a staying home dad and I was working. So it's like, you know, then because we didn't want anybody to watch the kids. Then when they went into preschool, he decided to work. He was working until COVID hit. And then unfortunately he stayed again homeschooling them. And I was working, but now he started working. They called him back. Now I have to stay home and watch the girls. I'd rather do that because I'm more computer technology when it so let's talk a little bit about that because that's why you're here today because i think your story about how you balance family work and friendship um is amazing to me i, I still don't know how you do it how are you able to be there for everyone at every given moment and still manage to find time so give us a little bit um a summary of how you balance work, well, family, faith, work, and your loved ones. Okay, well, when it comes to that, I follow Mary Kay's rules. God first and my son Um, Family second, career third. That's how I do it. Um, I balance everything because I'm very, very multitask and I make sure that, especially my team like you, Linda, Stephanie, Amanda, she's not on my team, but she's on my best friend's team. You know, if they need me, I, I make sure, hey, I'm kind of busy, but give me like 10 minutes, I'll call you and we can talk. You know, it all comes down to how you handle yourself. And you gotta remember, always stay humble. One, I love mentoring females. 
especially because we are like i'm sorry to say many men think that we are the bottom of the pole but actually we are great and we are in the same level as them there's some that don't consider that but then we are, we as women could prove them wrong and we always prove them wrong <laughs> And, and so now, speaking of Mary Kay, um, give us a little bit of how you started, why you started, who influenced you, and where are you at right now with that? Okay. Well, I started Mary Kay in April of 2020. Um, it was my recruiter, Giselle. She actually told me, my husband first talked to her and then she contacted me. So I decided to join. I was like, okay, it's to make extra cash. You know, the only thing I care is about extra cash. I don't want to do nothing because, you know, I'm trying to make up the extra cash. Then I started talking to my mentor, Srila, and then also my best friend, Devin. And they was like, oh, if you get into Red Jacket, you receive this, you receive this, you receive that. And I'm like, oh, okay, I got to build my team. Wow. My first team member was Linda. Um, Hi, Linda. She actually came on, and I'm like, okay. Then my second team member was my cousin, um, Yeye. Then I'm like, okay. Then it was Jennifer. Then I just started adding everybody, and it was fun. It was like, okay, we're doing this. This is a sisterhood. This is what I put to the sisterhood. The ones who really, really influenced me has been Devin and Sheila. They have had my back from the beginning. I started out in April as a regular consultant. By May, I was a red jacket. By June, I was the first ever team, elite team leader when the title came out. And then July, you know, I was still team, um, elite team leader. And then next thing you know, guess what? I am now going into DIQ, which is Director in Qualification. So let's let's repeat that. You started when? In April. Of? 2020. Not April of 2019. No, April 2020. And within three months, two months? Yes. I, no, within one month, I, I went up to Red Jacket. Two months, I was a team elite team leader, and then within not even that by by actually the beginning of August, I ended up going. I added my tenth member who was Sarah, and now I'm going to the IQ in September. So let's give a little let's give a little example for those who are not aware of Mary Kay. Period. Let's give a little example of what that means. So you were recruited or you started just as a seller or were you a, a user, a, a customer? Actually, I wasn't a customer. I, I, when I, when my recruiter came, she was showing me some products. Um, the one that I loved was the charcoal mask, I bought it and the pampering hand. Right. And then within three days, I was already signing on. Okay. So, you, they signed you in, mm -hmm. joined, mm -hmm. and within one month, yes, you became a red jacket. 
And what does a red jacket mean? Red jacket is the start of being a team leader. Okay. Which and, is a team start um builder. And how and what does a team leader have? You have how many members? Um three. Three. Okay. So within one month <laughs> you sold products and recruited people. Yes. And so at the second month, what 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 inspired you? What what made you like keep going forward? Like you said, your directors were very helpful for you and inspirational and motivated you. What do you think they did that made like just snap like, oh, I got this? Or is it because you're a New Yorker and you just snap and you you fit in? Where give us a little bit more about what what that really means, like. Okay, what happened was I cleaned the commission checks. Oh, okay. Helping people, but helping people outweigh the commission check. And I enjoyed it. And that's the reason I actually want to be a director to mentor. I want to mentor female or male, both of them. I got my husband who's on my team. I don't mentor him, but he's okay. (laughs) But everybody else, um, I met to mentor them. I talk to them. They need when they need help and stuff like that. They actually, you know, call me, text me, and whatever day and night. And I enjoy it. It's just like it's like being a social worker. Okay. It's like being a social worker. Um, they are. My team is beautiful, beautiful ladies. I love them all. They all drive me crazy, but you know, really now, yeah. But they keep me balanced. When I'm hyper, they they bring me down. When I'm frustrated, they they get me to where I need to get to. And how does and and so within the red jacket, what happened between the red jacket and where you're at now? Okay, inspired you and pushed you more to do. I was trying to get into, at that time, by the red jacket, I already had seven people. I was now a team leader. So, not even a team leader, I was the, the highest. Um, by red jacket, I missed, um, I missed actually the IQ by two, because you got to get 10, and I missed it by two. And explain so, to people what DIQ means. DIQ is directing qualification, basically is directing training. And it, um, um, you gotta have 24 members to get out of DIQ in a certain amount of production. And then you go into, you become a director. Um, basically I'll be managing a group of girls of 24 and more. And that's it. Yes. And um, I missed it, like I was saying, I missed it by two. So then I became, the title just came out, if I wasn't mistaken, in June. It just came out. In July, I debuted it as a team leader. So I just just had like one question because going Mm -hmm. back into where you started in April, what happened when COVID hit and how did you, do you feel that you would have ended up here today had COVID not had COVID not happened, or do you no, know? I don't think so. No, 
I would No, maybe because I always was interested in America, but then I was working full time. But when COVID hit, unfortunately, my hours were cut like dra drastically. And I'm like, okay, I need to make some extra money. What can I do? And, you know, God, I always say this God has a funny sense of humor. And, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. And he threw that on my lap. You the opportunity. You were praying for something what you could do to pick up some, some more hours or trying to figure out how to get, get by because of COVID. So, and. So give us a little bit about how good you feel right now where you're at with Mary Kay and the opportunities that it brings to you and your family. I feel good because I know I'm good at this and it didn't take me that long to build the team because I'm focused on it and I said that if it wasn't for Sheila, Devin and my team, I would not be here. So give us, what, what I'm saying is like give me, we have spoken about this before about how privilege you feel for doing the Mary Kay now um, to be able to stay home with your children how you know I'm gonna get to, actually I'm gonna get to, the best thing is I, I'm going full time with this um, I'm gonna get time to spend time with my girls because I miss out a lot I really miss their first talk their first walk Taking them the first day of school, I miss all that. My, my husband enjoyed all that. Now it's my time because Mommy Bear wants to actually start doing it. I'm gonna get to teach my girls the, about the business, even though they're still young, but also help them with the homeschooling and keep them on track where they need to get to. Because eventually I want I wanna leave a legacy for my daughters, for my team, and for every woman out there. You know, no matter what sidetracks you no matter tribulations we all go through tribulations throughout our life we have you know we have a company that actually cares about us you know yes it's predominantly females but also i want to bring into diversity and i want to bring not just females but also males so they can enjoy it because we do have med products we do have the mk line we do have the um, the colognes like domain, cityscape. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff that we do have, and I would like to bring stuff into it for for male also. So, what is your immediate goal right now? My my immediate goal is getting out of the IQ in one month. No more training, right? No more training. That is starting September first. I'll be in the IQ. My immediate goal is to get it out and be a director and start recruiting more people and start teaching them that self-care is important. No matter what we go through, we always have to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of anybody else. Um, this is the reason why I joined Mary Kay due to the fact Mary Kay gives back to domestic violence victims and shelters. They also give back to um woman cancer so this is a company that actually 
cares and loves and and wants to help everybody out. And this is the reason that I actually want to start doing this. Want to start reaching out females. Want to start saying, hey, guess what? We are here. We are sisterhood, and we're here to help you. So give us um, your information so that anyone who's listening to this or watching or replaying the video where we can reach, they can reach out to you if they have any questions where they want to join. Okay, um, my business line is 203 <laughs> We never know our business phone. I know because I never call my phone. That's what it what it is. Yes, it's two three five two five 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 three seven. And it's, do you have on um, the Facebook page where they can reach you? Yes, it's Mary Kay by Francis G. They can reach me on there. Um, or if they want to order is www.marykay.com um, forward slash Francis Gutierrez. Okay, perfect. And Francis, just to recap it all, it was a little motivational for Sunday. You know, some people go to church, some people stay home, some people watch football. It was a little summary and in closing of what message you have for people who are going through some rough times and you know hold up i got my call and i'm gonna look actually um i'm looking at as a, as a picture for a while because this is my favorite quote and sometimes i forget because i want to actually quote it right okay But, um, hold on, I'm so sorry. I should have had this already prepared <laughs> because I, I forgot. Um, one of them is Franklin D. Roosevelt. When you reach the end of your um rope, tie a knot in. Tie a knot in it and hang on. He's saying is basically, no matter what life brings you, don't give up. Just tie a knot and keep on moving because that's gonna make you reach to the top. I love that. And with that said, Francis, thank you so much for tuning into Salty Coffee Podcast, and I'm hoping that our relationship grows and that we continue to work together. I want you to continue to push me. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to continue to push me. I don't like that word, push. <laughs> I want you to empower me because you see the best in everyone. And I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. And, you know, I'm here to encourage you, push you, be pushy, whichever word you want to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I crack up because you like, you're pushy. No, you mean I'm encouraging you. I just have to say, I would have never done this if it wasn't because of you, and you know that. Yeah, I know. Because I don't trust too many people, and I'm just like, I'm doing this for Franchi. Yeah. 
So I don't know what any, and, and you and I don't even know each other. We haven't even exactly. met person. And I think that's that's like great. I'm tearing up, sorry. <laughs> but um, thank you again for joining us. And thank you. Time. And I'll see you later. See you later. Thank Bye, you, everybody. Everyone.